Chapter Ten of Life and Death of Harriet Freen by May Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Ten. My dear Harriet, thank you for your kind letter of sympathy. Although we had expected the end for many weeks, poor Prissy's death came to us as a great shock, but for her it was a blessed release, and we can only be thankful you who knew her will realize the depth and extent of my bereavement i have lost the dearest and most loving wife man ever had poor little prissy she couldn't bear to think she would never see her again six months later robin wrote again from sidmouth dear harriet priscilla left you this locket in her will as a remembrance i would have sent it before but that i couldn't bear to part with her things all at once i take this opportunity of telling you that i am going to be married again her heart heaved and closed she could never have believed she could have felt such a pang the lady is miss beatrice walker the devoted nurse who was with my dear wife all through her last illness this step may seem strange and precipitate coming so soon after her death but i am urged to do it by the precarious state of my own health and by the knowledge that we are fulfilling poor prissy's dying wish poor prissy's dying wish after what she had done for prissy if she had a dying wish but neither of them had thought of her robin had forgotten her forgotten forgotten but no priscilla had remembered she had left her the locket with his hair in it she had remembered and she had been afraid jealous of her she couldn't bear to think that robin might marry her even after she was dead she had made him marry this walker woman so that he shouldn't oh but he wouldn't not after twenty years i didn't really think he would she was forty-five her face was lined and pitted and her hair was dust-colour streaked with grey and she could only think of robin as she had last seen him young a young face a young body young shining eyes he would want to marry a young woman he had been in love with this walker woman and prissy had known it she could see prissy lying in her bed helpless looking at them over the edge of the white sheet she had known that as soon as she was dead before the sods closed over her grave they would marry nothing could stop them and she had tried to make herself believe it was her wish her doing not theirs poor little prissy she understood that robin had been staying in sidmouth for his health a year later harriet run down was ordered to the seaside she went to sidmouth she told herself that she wanted to see the place where she had been so happy with her mother where poor aunt harriet had died looking through the local paper she found in the list of residents sidcote mr and mrs robert lethbridge and miss walker she wrote to robin and asked if she might call on his wife a mile of hot road through the town and inland brought her to a door in a lane in a thatched cottage with a little lawn behind it from the doorstep she could see two figures a man and a woman lying back in garden chairs inside the house she heard the persistent energetic sound of hammering the woman got up and came to her she was young pink-faced and golden-haired and she said she was miss walker mrs lethbridge's sister a tall lean grey man rose from the garden chair slowly dragging himself with an invalid air his eyes stared groping blurred films that trembled between the pouch and droop of the lids long cheeks deep grooved dropped to the infirm mouth that sagged under the limp moustache that was robin 
he became agitated when he saw her poor robin she thought all these years and it's too much for him seeing me presently he dragged himself from the lawn to the house and disappeared through the french window where the hammering came from have i frightened him away she said oh no he's always like that when he sees strange faces my face isn't exactly strange well he must have thought it was a sudden chill crept through her he'll be all right when he gets used to you miss walker said the strange face of miss walker chilled her a strange young woman living close to robin protecting him explaining robin's ways the sound of hammering ceased through the long open window she saw a woman rise up from the floor and shed a white apron she came down the lawn to them with raised arms patting disordered hair large a full firm figure clipped in blue linen a full-blown face bluish pink thick gray eyes slightly protruding a thick mouth solid and firm and kind that was robin's wife her sister was slighter fresher a good ten years younger harriet thought excuse me we're only just settling in i was nailing down the carpet in robin's study her lips were so thick that they moved stiffly when she spoke or smiled she panted a little as if from extreme exertion when they were all seated mrs lethbridge addressed her sister robin was quite right it looks much better turned the other way do you mean to say he made you take it all up and put it down again well what's the use miss freen you don't know what it is to have a husband who will have things just so she had to mow the lawn this morning because robin can't bear to see one blade of grass higher than another is he as particular as all that i assure you miss freen he is miss walker informed her he wasn't when i knew him harriet said ah my sister spoils him mrs lethbridge wondered why he hadn't come out again i think harriet said perhaps he'll come if i go oh you mustn't go it's good for him to see people takes him out of himself he'll turn up all right miss walker said when he hears the teacups and at four o'clock when the teacups came robin turned up dragging himself slowly from the house to the lawn he blinked and quivered with agitation harriet saw he was annoyed not with her and not with miss walker but with his wife beatrice what have you done with my new bottle of medicine nothing dear you've done nothing when you know you poured out my last dose at twelve why hasn't it come no it hasn't but sissy ordered it this morning i didn't sissy said i forgot oh sissy you needn't blame sissy you ought to have seen to it yourself she was a good nurse harriet before she was my wife my dear your nurse had nothing else to do your wife has to clean and mend for you and cook your dinner and mow the lawn and nail the carpets down while she said it she looked at robin as if she adored him all through tea-time he talked about his health and about the sanitary dustbin they hadn't got something had happened to him it wasn't like him to be wrapped up in himself and to talk about dustbins he spoke to his wife as if she had been his valet he didn't see that she was perspiring worn out by her struggle with the carpet just go and fetch me another cushion beatrice she rose with tired patience you might let her have her tea in peace miss walker said but she was gone before they could stop her when harriet left she went with her to the garden gate panting as she walked harriet noticed pale blurred lines on the edges of her lips she thought she isn't a bit strong she praised the garden mrs lethbridge smiled robin loves it 
but you should have seen it at five o'clock this morning five o'clock yes i always get up at five to make robin a cup of tea harriet's last evening she was dining at sidcote on her way there she had overtaken robin's wife wheeling robin in a bath chair beatrice had panted and perspired and had made mute signs to harriet not to take any notice she had had to go and lie down till robin sent for her to find his cigarette case now she was in the kitchen cooking robin's part of the dinner while he lay down in his study harriet talked to miss walker in the garden it's been very kind of you to have us so much oh but we've loved having you it's so good for beady gives her a rest from robin i don't mean that she wants a rest but you see she's not well she looks a big strong bouncing thing but she isn't her heart's weak she oughtn't to be doing what she does doesn't robin see it he doesn't see anything he never knows when she's tired or got a headache she'll drop dead before he'll see it he's utterly selfish miss freen wrapped up in himself and his horrid little ailments whatever happens to beatie he must have his sweetbread and his soup at eleven and his tea at five in the morning i suppose you think i might help more well harriet did think it well i just won't i won't encourage robin he ought to get her a proper servant and a man for the garden and the bath chair i wish you'd give him a hint tell him she isn't strong i can't she'd snap my head off would you mind harriet didn't mind she didn't mind what she said she wouldn't be saying it to robin but to the contemptible thing that had taken robin's place she still saw robin as a young man with young shining eyes who came rushing to give himself up at once to make himself known she had no affection for this selfish invalid this weak peevish bully poor beatrice she was sorry for beatrice she resented his behaviour to beatrice she told herself she wouldn't be beatrice she wouldn't be robin's wife for the world her pity for beatrice gave her a secret pleasure and satisfaction after dinner she sat out in the garden talking to robin's wife while sissy walker played draughts with robin in his study giving beatrice a rest from him they talked about robin you knew him when he was young didn't you what was he like she didn't want to tell her she wanted to keep the young shining robin to herself she also wanted to show that she had known him that she had known a robin that beatrice would never know therefore she told her my poor robin beatrice gazed wistfully trying to see this robin that priscilla had taken from her that harriet had known then she turned her back it doesn't matter i've married the man i wanted she let herself go sissy says i've spoiled him that isn't true it was his first wife who spoiled him she made a nervous wreck of him he was devoted to her yes and he's paying for his devotion now she wore him out sissy says he's selfish if he is it's because he's used up all his unselfishness he was living on his moral capital i feel as if i couldn't do too much for him after what he did sissy doesn't know how awful his life was with priscilla she was the most exacting she was my friend wasn't robin your friend too yes but poor prissy she was paralyzed it wasn't paralysis what was it then pure hysteria robin wasn't in love with her and she knew it she developed that illness so that she might have a hold on him get his attention fastened on her somehow i don't say she could help it she couldn't but that's what it was well she died of it no she died of pneumonia after influenza i'm not blaming prissy she was pitiable but he ought never to have married her i don't think you ought to say that 
You know what he was, said Robin's wife, and look at him now. But Harriet's mind refused obstinately to connect the two Robins and Priscilla. She remembered that she had to speak to Robin. They went together into his study. Sissy sent her a look, a signal, and rose. She stood by the doorway. Beatty, you might come here a minute. Harriet was alone with Robin. Well, Harriet, we haven't been able to do much for you. In my beastly state, you'll get better. Never. I'm done for, Harriet. I don't complain. You've got a devoted wife, Robin. Yes, poor girl, she does what she can. She does too much. My dear woman, she wouldn't be happy if she didn't. It isn't good for her. Does it never strike you that she's not strong? Not strong? She's, she's, she's almost indecently robust. What wouldn't I give to have her strength? She looked at him, at the lean figure sunk in the armchair, at the dragged, infirm face, the blurred, owlish eyes, the expression of abject self-pity of self-absorption. That was Robin. The awful thing was that she couldn't love him, couldn't go on being faithful. This injured her self-esteem. End chapter 10 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine